Greetings. This is Digest This, taking ownership of your spiritual journey. I'm here to encourage you in the midst of these uncertain and unpredictable times to continue to raise the standard in your spiritual development so that you can help fight the good fight of faith. We are fighting an unseen war whether you engage or not. It is so imperative now that we as individuals build our spirit man up so we can endure and stand against the enemy that only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. This is part two of Raising the Standard, and I'm Alicia. Let's grow together. Again, I'm so glad you are joining me on this journey, and my hope continues to be that this podcast is encouraging you to get closer to God and motivate you to study His Word. I can truly say that God has prepared me for most changes that have happened in my life, And I believe it was because I kept my mind on God, on his word, and stayed in communication with him. Just to recap part one of this series, we discussed how the kingdom of God, things that seem logical according to the world's standards, are opposite in the kingdom. We used the scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. Then we explored the concept of the backfire and discussed where we find this happening in the Bible and what this means in the natural. The topic is raising the standard, and part one was laying the foundation. So if you get a chance and you haven't listened to it already, Please listen to part one in the entirety um, to get the full picture. I had to set up those concepts to delve in to raising the standard. I'll start off with the scripture that will be our theme for this series. Isaiah 59 and 19 says, So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Now, I know you are listening to this and may not be in a position to take notes, but I encourage you to pick this scripture apart and use a concordance to find out what the original Hebrew text meant. Let's look at what this scripture implies. It says, when the enemy shall come in. So it's not a matter of if, but when. The enemy can be in the form of trouble, distress, affliction. And then it talks about the enemy coming in like a flood. So a flood is meaning a stream or a river that makes its way through. And if you've ever been in a flood, it's not necessarily water beating down on you causing the flood. It's usually a breach that allows water to seep in and it comes from the bottom and then rises. And sometimes we are unaware of it until it's too late. Sometimes it's hard to see it until you get right up on it. But the best part is that the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard. And when I looked this word up in the Hebrew, it meant ruach, R-U space A-K-H. And it meant an inspiring, ecstatic state of prophecy as energy of life, a warlike energy, and executive and administrative power. I hope you're getting a visual on how the Spirit of God exercises his executive order through energy and prophecy that chases the enemy away. 
people all over the world are in a state of unrest. We are feeling opposition. We are feeling invalidated, ignored, and sometimes even angry. But if you focus too much on the people and not on the spirit behind the person, you won't effectively deal with the issue. The first step to dealing with the issue is to first acknowledge the truth. And the truth is, only God can change the heart of a person. And we aren't God. The truth is, as far as policy and laws of the land are concerned, those can be changed, but we will only see change if the people change. There are many options at our disposal to feel like we are making a difference in the earth. And you may be trying to overcome this opposition by using worldly tactics. Sometimes we feel certain tactics are the only options available to us. Because we live in this world, we certainly have to function in this world. And when there is injustice, we often turn to the resources this world provides or offers to fight those injustices. Keeping in mind with the last segment, I go back to the scripture used throughout the first series because it's so relevant. The world tells us that we can create change by protesting and voting and coming up with programs to fix symptoms. But the Bible tells us a few things about the enemy. Number one, we're dealing with principalities against powers, rulers of darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places, according to Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12. And God is also, or the Bible has told us that the enemy or the thief comes to steal, kill, and ultimately destroy. And that's in John chapter 10, verse 10. There's so much more, but I won't delve into those. I'm just trying to drive home the point that the atrocities that are taking place in the world are only fruit from a root that was planted long ago. The root was allowed to grow because there was a breach. So let's discuss the breach. But first, let's tie it together with the scripture. I said earlier that a flood occurs when there is a breach where water is allowed to seep in. And if you're up to date on what's happening, if you keep up with what is happening in the world around you, when you look back at Hurricane Katrina, there was a breach in the levee system. And then that broke down and caused massive flooding. And when we look at a history of the way people in power are able to infiltrate organizations, there's usually an informant on the inside that causes a breach in the organization. And finally, when we look at a people who are divided on an issue and cannot unify, they create a breach or a gap. So I just described the three definitions of a breach. Number one, the act of result, the act or result of breaking, a break or a rupture. So that referred to the levees breaking. Number two, an infraction or violation as of a law, trust, faith, or promise. So an informant breaks the organization's trust by feeding information to the men in power. And number three, a gap made in a wall, fortification, or a line of soldiers, a rift. 
So this is describing a division in a group of people. So when we look at raising a standard, God has given us this strategy to use to, in essence, repair the breach. Now it's our job to heighten our level of prayer, our level of study and worship to figure out what part we play in this. And we all play a part. We're either mapping out our own plays or we're getting the playbook from God on what to do. I hope I haven't lost you, but the point I want to reiterate is that in order to combat the enemy, whatever form it comes in, whether it be racism, oppression, entitlement, hatred, lack, you name it, I believe that God has given us the weapons to use in this particular warfare. These weapons are not carnal, meaning physical, but the scripture says they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. What are strongholds? The concordance says that it's anything you rely on. In other words, if there is a system in place meant to oppress a people, then the people in that system rely on it to the point that they will do anything to maintain it. Their reliance on it is a stronghold. So the strategy God has given us to defeat the system is to use the weapons that God has given us to pull down the reliance. Okay, I'm going to let that sit and marinate with you a little while so you can digest that. This has been part two of Raising the Standard, and you've been listening to Digest This, taking ownership of your spiritual journey. I pray that God gives you wisdom and discernment concerning the attacks on your life and the strategy to defeat the enemy that comes in like a flood. I also pray for your safety and health and strength in the Lord. Know that God knows exactly what you are going through and exactly how you feel, even if others don't validate your feelings. God knows that we don't just want our lives to matter but we want our lives to be equal to other lives and we want to thrive, not just survive. Until next time, this is Elisha. Be blessed. We are back to continue our discussion on part two of Raising the Standard. You are listening to Digest This, Taking Ownership of Your Spiritual Journey, and I'm your host, Elisha. I hope you were able to grasp what I was trying to say in the last segment in your own way and apply it to your own struggles in this life. Of course, this is a personal journey, and the first place to start raising the standard, I believe, would be in your heart. You can tell what is in a person's heart just by listening to what they say. I hope we are really listening to people to know what is on their heart as opposed to how to convince them of how wrong they are. The Bible says in Luke chapter 6 verse 45, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. So what is in what is the standard in your heart? 
The Bible also says later on in Luke chapter 10, verse 27, after a lawyer asked Jesus how they can inherit eternal life, it says, And he answered, saying, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. So how do we develop the standard in our hearts? Well, it's simple. Just spend time with God and get to know God through his word. And you may say, well, it's easy to love God, but how can I love my neighbor as myself? My neighbor doesn't have the same respect for me. Let me be clear. We always set boundaries. Jesus didn't hang out with the Sadducees and Pharisees, but he did tell them the truth in love. We've got to work on our hearts so we can tell the truth and not have resentment or bitterness in our heart. This is something that happens over time, and everyone has their individual journey, so your standard of your heart must be between you and God. We are all starting somewhere, and when you are able to raise the standard, you have defeated the enemy that tried to bring you down to their level. Our heart will determine our speech, and our speech will determine our direction. So it makes sense to me to always start with our heart so motives, our motives can be pure. If you don't start with purifying your heart and really examining your heart, then your words, your actions, they'll all be filtered through whatever lenses you haven't dealt with. The examples are past hurts, wounds, bitterness, resentment, entitlement, privilege, oppression, and low self-esteem. I'm saying that before you grow in other areas spiritually, unless you allow God to heal any wounds or correct any assumptions in your heart, you may hit a ceiling. Once you recognize where your heart is, you can use spiritual tools to focus your attention on the, your issues that you need to deal with. And the Bible says in Ezekiel 43 and verse 10, Thou son of man, show the house to the house of Israel, that they may be ashamed of their iniquities, and let them measure the pattern. I'm not trying to get us to be ashamed, but just trying to stress the point that before we go pointing any fingers, we have to take a look in the mirror. Actually, when you do this, in your quiet time with God and get your heart right in your secret closet, you avoid public humiliation. When people don't check their hearts prior to developing a platform, especially when you consider yourself representing God, you can be judged more harshly by the public in this Facebook, Instagram, Twitter age we're living in. So I encourage you to raise the standard in your heart and check your motive for everything you do that involves interaction or relationship. Next time, we will discuss one of the three main areas of understanding that our relationship with God is built on. The higher the standard is raised in these areas, the closer and deeper our relationship with God will be. As with faith, where all you need is the size of a mustard seed, so it is with these three skills we will explore in this series. It's not about trying to reach the top when it comes to raising the standard. 
When we say raise, we are implying that this is a continual thing, a constant progression. Just build from where you are and only be in competition with your past self. One question to ponder for the next segment. Are you raising the standard in your prayer life? Until next time, I pray you allow God to search your heart and point out the things that have blocked any blessing or anointing from flowing in your life. You've been listening to Elisha, and thanks for going with me on this journey. Until next time, be blessed. back to continue our discussion on part two of Raising the Standard. You're listening to Digest This, Taking Ownership of Your Spiritual Journey, and I'm your host, Alicia. I hope you had the opportunity to think about the question I asked last time. Are you raising the standard in your prayer life? You may want to take some notes if you're able on this segment, as I'll be discussing some basics in prayer. Some of you may already know this information, but it's always good to revisit and then determine if we are really doing all we can in that area. The truth is, no matter what level we are on, we can always improve and do more than what we are currently doing. Prayer is a topic that can be discussed limitlessly. There are so many books on the subject and there are many books of prayers. Every now and then I write down my prayers and am able to look back years later and marvel at what God has done in my life and how far I've come from where I used to be. I encourage you to do the same. When we are talking about raising the standard in prayer, what is the standard according to the Bible? Well, Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 17 says to pray without ceasing. And Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18 says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So as you raise your standard, raise the standard in your prayer life, you will pray more. You won't limit yourself to just praying on the prayer line or listening to others pray on Facebook or YouTube. You will pray when you wake up, while you're getting ready, while you're driving, and really anytime you're conscious. Prayer is just having a conversation with God. The more you pray, the more you acknowledge who God is. A conversation, however, is not one-sided, and it involves both speaking and listening. The standard for prayer, according to the scriptures I just mentioned, are to pray always and pray always. Did you get that? Always, A-L-W-A-Y-S, and always, A-L-L-W-A-Y-S. There are many types of prayer we can pray, whether it's petitions, confessions, adoration, meditation, thanksgiving, consecration, intercession, and praying in the spirit. Prayer is one of the most basic skills of the Christian life. So if you say you're a Christian and that you have a relationship with God, then it is assumed that you are praying. Prayer is the way we communicate with God, which allows us to meditate on his word, 
honor God for who he is, to come clean about anything we have done wrong, request things from God, request things on behalf of someone else, honor God for what he's done, and essentially advance the kingdom of God. God has given us this gift of prayer that allows us to tap into God's plan, his mind, his realm. And on top of that, when we don't know what we should pray for, we are able to pray in the spirit. In Jude chapter 1 verse 20, it says, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Maybe you have no idea what I'm talking about, but it's never too late to start. I hope I sparked your curiosity about prayer. I won't go into detail because it is truly a vast subject. But if you don't know where to begin, I would begin by using God's word as a start. Prayer is or can be simple in the fact that children can pray, but we are discussing raising the standard in prayer. So over time, your prayer life should be more advanced than it was when you were a child. And if you've been a Christian for five years, your prayers are still sound and your prayers are still sounding like they did five years ago, it's time for you to raise the standard. So I'm challenging you to use prayer to allow God to touch and heal every place concerning you. What you will find as you read God's word and pray that God gives you revelation. And you will at times begin to pray for people or situations that God puts on your heart. So raising the standard in prayer looks like this. Before, you only prayed for yourself or maybe for things you believed you needed. And you may have had a script for prayer. Maybe you prayed for more money or for a new boss or a new job. But when you raise the standard, now you're praying for things like wisdom and praying for peace and praying for the ability to forgive others and then when you raise the standard a little higher you start praying for others and listening to God as you pray to speak God's word as God speaks to you the Holy Spirit is now bringing scriptures to your remembrance so you can remind God of his word your prayers are focused strategic effective Now, if you're not in the habit of talking to the Lord, all you need to do is start. And gradually, your prayer life will evolve with more to talk to the Lord about day by day. And you won't feel so alone. And you'll feel like you have support. You'll sense God's presence as you begin to pray. And I'm going to end this segment on a scripture in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. And it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things will be added unto you. Until next time, I encourage you to keep a prayer journal and write down your prayers. Be sure to record the date, then look at it a year later and see how your prayer life has evolved. You've been listening to Alicia, and thanks for going with me on this journey. Until next time, be blessed. two-part series 
discussion on raising the standard. You are listening to Digest This, Taking Ownership of Your Spiritual Journey, and I'm your host, Elisha. I hope you had the opportunity to start a prayer journal. There are also many books on just on prayer to help you elevate your prayer life. To keep in line with reading other books and doing research and reading the Bible, we've come to another way that we can raise the standard in our spiritual life. I'll start with the scripture from 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, that says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We need to take the first step to studying. As we pray, we will have a desire to study because after a while, if you pray consistently, your prayers may get repetitious because you only remember a few scriptures. But that scripture doesn't just say to study, but to rightly divide the word of truth. Anyone can take the Bible for face value, but the Bible is translated from Hebrew in the Old Testament and Greek in the New Testament. So when you begin to research even the text, you will discover new meaning to the scriptures that you've read. And on top of that, there are mysteries in the Bible that we discover through revelation. Revelation is when God will reveal a truth that totally changes our perspective in our life. I remember getting a revelation on a scripture even as I was in a room with others and we were discussing the Bible, the scripture was all things work together for good to them that love God and are the called according to his purpose. At face value, someone may not believe that bad things can work out for someone's good, but I realized that as we debated this topic at Sunday school, I realized that even though sometimes some things seem bad at the time. It may be something we needed to go through in order to grow or to be stronger or to be prepared for when the really bad thing happens. (laughs) Then years later, when I was researching that scripture, I had more information on those words, working together. And that meant to help or assist, which made more sense. Our lives don't happen in a vacuum. We're all connected So it's our job to find the good in these quote-unquote bad situations we go through. So it's beneficial for us to research the scriptures and read the commentary of others who have taken the time to research the scriptures on their own to be enlightened. When we are enlightened about life and what is going on, it's easier to thrive. So instead of watching television or your news feed on Facebook, I challenge you to start researching the thing you always had questions about. When you couple this with prayer, you are well on your way to raising the standard in your life. Now God can begin to reveal more to you concerning the mysteries of yourself and your life. The third way to raise the standard in your spiritual life is worship. And I've come to this conclusion through reading what it says in John chapter 4, the latter half of verse 23. It says, For the Father seeketh such to worship him. To put it in context, verse 23 and 24 say, But the hour cometh 
and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Worship is not necessarily singing gospels or hymns. Worship is a lifestyle where we consider God in everything we do. It's progressive, and worship is a way for God to see if we are true. Worship allows us to hear from God on a personal level. We worship with our spirit, so the praying that we are doing, the reading and researching of scripture, it's all working to build up our spirit man or our inner man. Worship is vital because the scripture said God is searching for worshipers. And if God has to search for something, he intends to find it. Raising the standard in our worship will work to elevate our spiritual lives. There's so much more to discuss, but I hope that I've motivated you to begin taking inventory on how you can have a closer relationship with your creator. And if you don't know where to begin, first ask God for help. Then look in the Bible. It's not just any book. It's a living word that will speak to every situation you face. Some situations may call for more prayer and more research, but it's a process. In fact, it's a journey and we need to fortify and strengthen our spirit during these troubling times. I'll leave you with this. When a standard is raised, the enemy knows now it cannot use our emotions or circumstances to control us. I hope you've enjoyed the second part of the series on raising the standard. You've been listening to Digest This, taking ownership of your spiritual journey. This has been your host, Elisha, and I pray that you step into greater authority in prayer, study, and worship. Remember, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Until next time, be blessed.